We are natural born creators. Our thoughts unfailingly become the things and events of our lives. But there are a few, very few areas where some dreams might never come true. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo fellow adventurer Mike Dooley, welcome to another week in paradise. Uh, every day I do spiritual tune-ups at 9.15 New York City time. I answer your questions. So the question I've got on deck today, Mike, can I imagine future plans with a specific someone? Now that's a really good question. In detail, the question goes like this. I'm in a committed long-term relationship where we have many future plans together. Is it okay to visualize with my partner in the picture or does this mess with the hows you talk about? If I visualize future experiences to share with a generic perfect partner, I kind of feel like I'm brushing off my current partner who I love deeply. Perhaps this is part of loving without attachment. It is kind of loving without attachment, but let me bring everybody else up to speed with the dilemma that you face. We are natural born creators. Our thoughts unfailingly become the things and events of our lives. But there are a few very few areas where some dreams might never come true. Now, I know that that sounds, that sounds wonky and wrong. That sounds so wrong. But when you understand what those areas are, you totally get it. And you're like, well, yeah, of course. But it's not so, of course, when you're head over heels in love with somebody. Either you want to start a relationship or you've already got the relationship. And this answer applies to both. So, the thing here, the Bermuda Triangle of manifesting. If you have a dream that depends upon a specific someone behaving a specific way, that dream may never come true. You can't manipulate other people. You can't make, you know, Roxanne or Gertrude fall in love with you um, any more than somebody else could manipulate your life path saying, hey, my thoughts become things and I want, you know, fill in your name here, to fall head over heels in love with me. You can't do that. Might never happen. It might happen. You can influence it. That's where we're going. Just FYI, I've talked about the Bermuda Triangle in earlier tune-ups. There's like 170 tune-ups just from since March. So look for that. I'll tell you, don't mess with specific people behaving specific ways. Don't mess with the cursed house. That means you want to dream of wealth and abundance, health and healing, creative fulfillment, fulfillment. Don't tell divine intelligence. And this is how I will get there. Because when you say how, or you insist on who, or you insist on when and where, you slam shut an infinite number of other doors that could have brought you even better than you knew to ask for. So specific people, specific hows, and unimportant details. 
All details are unimportant. What you care about is the big rocking picture of your amazing life. And let the universe put the right people on the right path at the right time with your bright creative ideas. All the details will be taken care of with divine, with, by divine mind and not your micromanagement. So now let's talk about this equation. You're in a deep, loving, committed relationship. And as you maybe have heard me share, sometimes it's better not to insist on a certain person by visualizing that certain person. Where you are right now in a deep, loving, committed relationship, go ahead and visualize that specific person happy and in love with you. Imagine both of you going hand in hand and doing your favorite things either around town or around the world when coronavirus passes. Go ahead and visualize that, but do not hinge your entire life's happiness on their reaction, on their choices, on their behavior. You're, you've already gotten so far in this relationship. You're birds of a feather. And this kind of visualizing is going to help draw from a realm of infinite probabilities a mutually beneficial existence. This is how you influence other people. But there's no assurance. It's conceivably possible that my wife, who I love very much and who I think loves me very much, she might just change in the next couple of years in ways I can't fathom right now. And if I hinged my happiness on her behavior, her approval, I would never be happy again. But I can still imagine that we're rocking it and loving life and loving each other. And that's going to maximize that reality's possibilities of emerging into our shared now. Okay, so the other thing to do when you're in a great relationship or you want a great relationship is to continue imagining your life blossoming in every other area. Too often, we put all of our eggs in one basket, if you will, especially if we don't have that relationship yet or we don't have the body we dream of having yet, or we don't have the career or the finances we dream of having yet. We're like, man, if I could fix that, everything else would take care of itself. Big lie. Big lie. Not true at all. Continue living a well-rounded life on every front, enjoying what you already have, who you already are, while you have priorities in terms of a new relationship, financial abundance, health and healing, weight loss, whatever. Focus on those things. Imagine that they have come to pass the way you want to. But don't lose sight of the rest of your life. Nothing will make you more attractive to a future partner nor an existing partner than you having a rocking, well-rounded life. You've got interests, you've got hobbies, you've got free time, you love yourself, you're good on your own, you're good in a group, um, you face your fears, you do some introspection, you're constantly growing. Oh man, you are hot, on fire. Everybody wants some of that, including future partners and present partners. So I hope that uh, kind of hits the nail on the head right now for you. Don't put off your happiness for anyone under any circumstances, ever. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for another spiritual tune-up. Happy Tuesday. All right, today's Q&A comes from the heels of yesterday's when I was asked about 
visualizing a specific person behaving a specific way in either a relationship you already have or a relationship you would like to have. The slippery slope here is that no amount of visualizing or meditating or affirmations can bring somebody around to behave as you want them to behave. That's the safeguard you would want for yourself to be guarded against the manipulative desires of other people. They're visualizing that I'm their puppet. I've lost control of my life. No, no, no. We're all untouchable. But that means you cannot make your significant other fall more deeply in love with you. You cannot make Brad Pitt uh, manifest you out of thin air. There has to be this vision of joy where you allow the universe to put the best person on your path at the right time. And that doesn't mean you can't have a forever loving relationship. Chances are great that you will, but you cannot insist that somebody march to the tune of your own drummer. Slippery slope. So you can visualize them in your life, but you can't insist that they're there and that will extract their best possible behavior. Now that I've set the stage and just rehashed yesterday's entire tune-up, the question came up three times between Facebook and Instagram. What about our kids? What about children? I have a six-year-old, so I, my experience directly is a little bit limited, although I've been tried. And uh, many of you are asking about teenagers or adult children. You want the absolute best for them. You love them with every fiber of your body. But you hear my talk, you know the Bermuda Triangle means you cannot live someone else's life for them. So when it comes to our kids, whether they live with us or they've left the nest, how can you serve them best? A couple of thoughts here. Always the question, the first question is, will it make a difference if I visualize for my child's greater happiness? Absolutely. Please do it. Nothing will help them more than the love that radiates from your heart. So five minutes a day, you don't have to do it for more. Just make that demonstration, feel that love, see their smile in your mind's eye, hear their laughter, comment to yourself that it just worked out so great. Oh my gosh, they're just so happy. Oh my gosh, this is the best of the best of the best. Here's the tricky part. Nothing can ensure that they will then make the decisions you want them to make. But nothing else you could do will make as big a difference in them making wiser choices than you loving them deeply and profoundly. It makes a difference in that it reaches them. They feel your love whether they admit it or not, whether they consciously know it or not. And just feeling more love will help anybody make better choices. So the answer is yes, although not quite exactly the way you think. Here's some other thoughts, obviously. It's their life. You gotta let them live their life. And while you think you know what's best for them, maybe you don't know what's best for them. Maybe what's best for them is that they slip and fall so that they don't go down that path any farther. And if you prevent the slip and the fall, they're never going to learn that lesson. You've got to honor their choices. Once you've done all you can with what you've got from where you are and you hold them in this beautiful light of love, 
and they know that you're there for them and that you'll do anything for them, except spare them from their lessons, then you've got to let them go and make their own mistakes. Okay, you don't encourage the mistakes, but you must allow that to happen. I also want you to understand that they are not yours. They are of you. They are ancient spiritual gladiators of the highest, finest stock in the entire intergalactic universe. And they chose you to be mom or dad. They knew what they were doing. And from the zenith of your brilliance, you saw what was coming and you said, yeah, I want it. I want to do that. It was mutual, even though sometimes you might uh, wonder about that. It was mutual. They wanted you. You wanted them. They knew what you had to offer. They knew how strong you would be. They knew that you would toe the line and vice versa. They would be strong when you needed strength. They would be there when you need them. Maybe the pendulum hasn't swung yet. It's going to. So don't see them as vulnerable little mini-me's unable to live without you. They are ancient spiritual gods and goddesses and they came here knowing what they were doing and the stage was set meticulously and while it may seem haphazard and there may be broken hearts left and right from time to time, it's working. There's meaning. The purpose is being met. Love them and they will come out the other side just so deeply grateful. I also want you to have high expectations. Even though we see our kids, and I learned this first from my dogs. I've had dogs for, oh God, if I strung it all together 30 years. Dogs that I loved, that were like, they were like my training wheels before I had a human kid. Um, and there's a lot of similarities. <laughs> um, have high expectations. You know, don't be thinking, well, they're not really that good at, you know, math or they're not really good at dancing or they can't do sports. It's like they can do anything you can do better. They can do anything anyone has ever done. They are these sparks of the divine. And maybe it hasn't shown up yet. Maybe they haven't developed that part of their their existence yet. But hold them in a very high regard. Honor them. Worship them with conditions, you know. It's your job, your responsibility, if they're still in your home, to lay down the law. And study after study has shown that when there is a strong parent for the kids in the house, when those kids grow up, it's one of the things they appreciated most about their parents. Tough love, if you will. Um, they need you. They want you to tell them where their barriers are. But at the same time, have these high expectations. Don't pity them. Don't feel sorry for them. Oh, they're frail or oh, they're this or oh, they have that issue and they have this tendency. Now, that was temporary. That was fleeting. You see them in their full radiant light, capable of mastering their life in love with the universe, the universe in love with them, which is truly the case. And then the last bit of advice I have, and I can only imagine how challenging and difficult um, being a parent can sometimes be. I, I haven't had that yet with six years under my belt. But um, I'm sure there are times when it approaches a sense of hopelessness and a sense of absolute utter despair. Um, sleepless nights, crying on your pillow, wondering where they're at, wondering what kind of decisions they're making. I want you to never lose hope. Never give up. There is a 
giant inside of that person. And that giant is naturally coming to fruition and learning to find their own way in the world. And that giant, the best that's within them, chose you because they knew that you would be able to hold that line and that you would never give up hope on them. No matter how much despair you feel, no matter how distraught you may sometimes feel, it is temporary. And what is forever and what is real is the love that's in your heart, the love that's in their heart, and their natural tendency, in spite of appearances sometimes, their natural tendency is to heal is to love, is to be balanced, is to find their way, is to be beautiful, is to be of service. That's who they really are. See that in there, no matter, no matter that they may be down to hanging on to a thread. Hope you never need that, okay? Jumbo fellow adventurers, and welcome to another spiritual tune-up. Happy Wednesday. In the spirit of what we've been talking about the last couple of days, and for the fact that I am drawing from some of my favorite lessons in my upcoming release, the paperback version of A Beginner's Guide to the Universe, I thought I would stick to relationships uh, as a talking point. And a really wild observation I had many years ago as I was writing a note from the universe. <clears throat> that observation can be summed up like this and it's on page 158 of the not even released book yet page 158 those in great relationships aren't always those who are good at relationships and those in challenging relationships aren't always those who are bad at relationships yeah, does that hit a vibe deep down? Uh, I know from my own experience, there have been times when I have been a virtual saint, you know, decades ago, um, and nothing I could do would make that relationship work. And then I would look at other folks, sometimes the person I was in a relationship with, um, but you know what I'm talking about. You can see this everywhere, where there's people who are ignorant to their partner's needs, who are like a bull in a china shop who plunder their way through every single day and every single conversation. And yet those relationships sometimes seem to thrive. And it gave me some consolation to say that, you know, maybe it's not just that I'm bad in relationships. Just because you don't have a great relationship yet or the relationships you're in so far have not been that fulfilling doesn't mean it's you. Okay. Now, I know everything is you and more you, but see where this is going. And then I'm going to give you some points to maximize chances of having a great relationship. So to finish that train of thought, and again, we can look at the people and perhaps we have been those people who did not honor to the degree they were worthy, those who were in our lives. And yet everything kind of got held together and it, and it worked. So that led to the realization that led to the note from the universe that sometimes, you know, a, those in great relationships, some of the people in those relationships may not be good at relationships, yet they have a good relationship. Some bad relationships, it's not because the person, a person in there is bad at it. What's the difference? The difference is the other person 
and or other agendas that we have. It's not just about skipping through the tulips. Relationships are one of the best places to learn about yourself. And if you have dreams of living a rocking life, and yet there are hurdles before you through misunderstanding life, dreams, people, yourself, one of the best places to learn and move through those hurdles is through a relationship. And because you're dealing with these other things, and it's not just about having a great relationship, period. It's about having a great life. Sometimes we learn the most in a challenging relationship, and we will allow ourselves to be drawn into a challenging relationship, which is not evidence that we aren't good at relationships. It might be the dynamics between the two people involved that make it very challenging and not that you aren't good at it. And the, the reverse is, well, the, the reverse is true as well. Great relationship, but um, it's not because both players are really good at this. The dynamics brought them together and lessons are being learned. So don't beat yourself up. If you're going through lessons or challenging times in a present relationship, or you've done that through cycles in the past, there's a lot of other factors at play. So still, I thought I would share a couple of the most obvious things that will maximize, nothing will ensure because there's always another player, that will maximize chances of having a harmonious, joy-filled relationship with another person. Three things I want to share with you today. Even if you nail these, it might not make for a great relationship as I just laid out, but now the pressure is off. You can just show up uh, with a glad heart and do your best and expect miracles. Number one, you've heard these before, be happy first. Be happy even before the relationship shows up and you're going to be a magnet to other people who see that you've got your game together and they're going to want some of that. So be happy first. And this does not stop when you get in a relationship. Okay. Do not be trying to make or do not be looking to the other person to make you happy. Be happy independent of the relationship while you are in the relationship, just as you are happy prior to the relationship appearing in your life. So just because you have a relationship doesn't mean the two of you are joined at the hips and that now it's their job to make you happy. Continue to rely on yourself, your own growth. And as I shared just the other day, and I'm always sharing, continue to work on improving every single area of your life, health, wealth, um, creative fulfillment, fulfillment, so that you are this well-rounded package and you're not putting all of your hopes and expectations on the behavior of someone else. Number two, do not hinge your happiness on their decisions or behavior. Now, this is very similar, but it's not quite the same. Do not hinge your happiness on their behavior. Do not identify yourself based on what they're doing. Too often, this will lead to disappointment and you wanting to change them. It's like, look, they were pretty hot before you got into the relationship. That's why you got into the relationship. There was a lot of great redeeming qualities about them. Perhaps chief among them, they weren't the same as you. 
So now that you're in a relationship, don't try to make them the same as you. Let them be them. Do not try to change them. And as they learn their lessons and live their lives, don't think that that reflects badly on you. It does not. Now, of course, we all want people to be happy in a, in a relationship that we're when we're in a relationship, we want the people we're in a relationship to be happy. We want them to make good choices for themselves that reflect well on ours, ourself. But this is the nature of a relationship. They're not you. They're never going to be you. They're going to make their own mistakes. They're going to own their, learn their own lessons. And you've got to respect that space in between and don't think they identify you or that the world judges you because of what they're doing. That's the least of your concerns. And then number three, oh, that, that was it. Do not feel they identify you. You are you. So I blended those last two together. Number one, be happy with self first and continue to be happy with self during the relationship. Number two, do not hinge your happiness on their decisions or their behavior. Don't try to change them. And number three, do not feel they identify you. Okay, they're not you. People know you and people know your partner and they're not going to think they're not going to think you are your partner. Just roll your eyes. Just like, "Oh yeah, there goes, uh, you know, there goes Trixie again doing her tricks, you know. Trixie's Trixie." And and it's okay. People get that you're two different people. People get that you've got a magical chemistry going on and that you live and let live in the relationship. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, happy Fry-yay. Time for a Fry-yay tune-up. And I'm diving back into A Beginner's Guide to the Universe. Available as a paperback this Tuesday. It's been out as a hardback for a year and a half. It's now in Polish and in German and uh, like a half a dozen other uh, languages that I don't <clears throat> recall right now. But I'm diving into my favorite chapter here, What Old Souls no. Okay. And uh, old souls, a reference to how much experience one has in time and space. It's not chronological. Um, and while we are all simultaneously all born, if you will, prior to time and space beginning, the term old soul is still a really good handle on explaining those who have probably progressed, if you will, through the lessons of time and space, patience, appreciation, love, allowance, and then all good things are added unto them. So as I uh, said, I'm going to do some readings. Uh, once I start, I can hardly stop. I'll interject a few additional insights, um, picking up from the beginning of the chapter this time instead of yesterday's end of the chapter. In all battles between the heart and the mind, go with your heart. For truly, it's a lot easier for your mind to catch up with your heart than for your heart to catch up with your mind. This is the real thinking center for all of us. We overuse and over rely on this. We get real logical. We try to micromanage everything. Whereas if every single day you can tune in here better, the brain will catch up. Okay, but don't make the heart try to think like the brain. Follow your heart. Next one, step one for changing the entire world is falling in love with it as it already is. Same for changing yourself. 
You're so lovable. Come on, that's easy. And so is the world. Sometimes a lack of clarity is actually the clarity you were in need of. Sometimes we trick ourselves and sometimes we get, uh, we claim to be confused. We wanted that, but very clearly it's this. And we're like, I'm so confused. It's like, you know, you're not confused. You're disappointed. Allow, move forward, keep going. Sometimes the lack of clarity is actually the clarity you were in need of. Sometimes the answer you want isn't even any of the above. It's wait a little bit longer. The older the soul, the softer the glance, the quicker the smile, and the sooner to say, I love you. They also tend to hold hands with those they walk beside. When pondering the vastness of the cosmos, I mean, a hundred billion stars in 100 billion galaxies times 10. Stars, not even planets. When pondering the vastness of the cosmos, keep in mind that it goes a lot farther inward than outward. You can usually tell an old soul by how indifferent they are to setbacks and by how friendly they are to trees. To trees. Our sentient brothers and sisters, come on. Young souls use pain to learn how things are. Mature souls use pain to learn how else things might be. And old souls use pain to learn how else they might be. Random awkwardness, unexpected shyness, feared inadequacy, and occasional blushing are just a few signs that a giant is settling in to their greatness. You know what I'm talking about, okay? Awkward, unexpected shyness, inadequacy. You got this sewn up. Always listen to your doubts. Not just because they might teach you of your fears, but because sometimes they might teach you of your wisdom. We use so many excuses to beat ourselves up and to be disappointed in ourselves. Oh, I'm afraid of this and I'm afraid. You're right to be afraid of half of the things you're afraid of. Go there and discover how and why. Those who say, I don't know what to do, usually do know what to do. That applies to me right now in picking a logo for our Adventurers Club. <laughs> so many good choices. Disappointment without anger is the mark of an old soul. Not being disappointed is the mark of a really old soul. And trusting life so thoroughly that every step on its path is valued more than where it was supposed to take you is the mark of eternal youth. Of all the things that really and truly matter, working efficiently and getting more done is not among them. Boy, I need that one every day. <laughs> you only have to ride the wave of life, not create it. 
Stop trying to do the heavy lifting. Stop trying to figure everything out with your mind. Let there be room for magic and miracles. Expect a miracle. You don't have to invent life. You don't have to figure it all out. It's been figured out. You just have to surf. You just have to ride. You just have to allow and receive. Nine out of ten old souls agree that one of the very best things about spiritual maturity is appreciating that age is so very meaningless. The tenth soul, out climbing trees and couldn't be reached. Okay, two more. The best way to create more free time is to take it. To move a mountain, befriend it, him or her. Befriend it, him or her. And the last one, everything that's ever happened to you up until hearing these very words was just practice for the really good stuff that's to follow. Too often I hear from a reader that, Mike, you know, I used to so have it. I used to be on the ball. I used to have optimism and believe in myself and I was just killing it and I, I don't know what happened. It just kind of fell apart. I'm so much further behind than I used to be in my youth or 10 years ago or two years ago or whatever. It's like you haven't lost anything. There's no such thing as sliding backwards. That's utterly impossible. Although our perceptions can change that feeling. You wouldn't want life to, to just be a total cakewalk. You didn't choose total cakewalk. You wanted the full Monty, lions, tigers, and bears, rainbows, unicorns, and pixie dust. You wanted it all. And as you master through optimism in your earlier so-called glory days, you started checking off all the boxes and then you started to become more aware as your naivety dissipated of the full playing board. And now you're like, oh my gosh, oh my God, I'm a little more scared now. Well, it's because you were so naive and ignorant before you couldn't see all the other players on the table. But now that you can see them, new lessons are here upon you. And now you can be like, oh, those lions and tigers and bears are really angels, unicorns, and pixie dust. And once you learn that, you go higher. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that was there. But you get the knack of it and you're able to dispel the illusions and rock on, brother and sister. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up, along with one million other subscribers, for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my Infinite Possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops, so check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple Podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, we've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.